Welcome to the Dear Beloved Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Jean, founder of the Beloved Collective, and together we will dive deep into relationships, femininity, and the stages leading up to marriage from a Catholic perspective. Here you'll find real conversations rooted in the truth, dispelling the lies found in our culture, and learn practical ways that we can keep Christ at the center of our lives and relationships. Dear beloved, welcome back. I am so happy that you're here joining us today. Um, Well, joining me, Laura Jean, here today. Um, Today I want to talk about virtue, and I'm wanting to borrow something from a popular brand you may all know about, Nike, and their slogan. I really don't think they'll mind (laughs) if we borrow it for an episode, Um, so I I want to... I want this episode to be an encouragement when we talk about virtue, um, an encouragement to just do it, right? Just do it. Just be that virtuous person. Don't wait for um, the circumstances to be right or, you know, the other people around you to be open to you changing if, you know, you haven't been living that way or whatever. Just do it right? Virtue is worth it. It is bigger than um, any of us. It's bigger than other people and their judgments. Just do it, right? I want to bring to your attention some saints who, in my opinion, just did it. (laughs) I mean, I guess we could say that about every saint. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we could say that about every saint. Um, But I love saints and I love learning about them and their stories helped me so much to to just dive into my own why um and their their examples help me to understand that it doesn't matter what other people think it doesn't matter what's going on in our world it only matters that we love the lord and that we do what we're called to do right that's the only thing that matters and christ's love is bigger than any of us can imagine bigger than any of us can hope for, bigger than any of us can understand or fathom. And he loves us so much that he lets us do whatever we want, essentially. But there are things that he has called us to do specifically. And it is time to do those things. It is time, right? I know a lot of us struggle with feeling um, stuck in living lives of mediocrity. Right, and I love that quote by JP two. And you guys know I love that quote by JP two, that says it is Jesus that you seek when you dream of happiness. And it goes on, and in that he said it says that it it is Jesus who is the desire in you to not live a life of mediocrity, to be bigger, to be better, to to put that aside and say there is more for me. Um, that is Jesus, and that is knowing Him is our catalyst for that, of not being okay with living according to the world standards or not being okay living um, less than par or or less than we know we're made for, right? We've had enough. And so what is the answer to that, right? A lot of us has come to this conclusion. At least that's, that's what I'm feeling. That's what I'm getting. I've come to that conclusion, right? But the answer or the question then becomes, what do we do about it, right? Okay, yeah, I don't want to live less than anymore. 
I want to live to the biggest and the best of my ability, but what does that mean? What does that look like? What is my next step? All of these things. And the answer from that slogan that we took from Nike is just do it, especially in relation to virtue, right? Just do it in general of just do the darn thing. Stop living a mediocre life, you know, just live bigger and just live according to God's call for you. Just live in that love, right? That, that God has for us. But on the practical side of how to just do it, the answer is virtue, right? And there are so many virtues that we can take and glean from and practice and all of those things, which is uh, exactly what we need to do. And so there's no shortage of points to start from. There's no shortage, right? Maybe it's patience for you. Maybe it's humility. Maybe it's, um, I don't know, charity. All of these things, all of these virtues are important. And the thing about virtue is that they're all integrated in some way. So you could like practice patience, um, but patience is going to help you practice humility which is going to help you practice charity, which is going to in turn help you practice patience. It's just they're all connected, right? Which is the cool thing about the spiritual life and about virtue is that when we do one good thing, usually it means that we can do other good things um, pretty pretty closely connected to each other. Anyway, I said that I would share about some saints who, in my opinion, just did it. And so I'm going to. Um when I think of saints who just did it, <laughs> one that comes to mind is not a saint that I usually think about, um, but he stands out to me because of how young he was, um, is St. Dominic Savio. So not St. Dominic the preacher, right? St. Dominic Savio. He was a child. Um, he was a boy and he just was filled with the love of the Lord and just filled with the Holy Spirit that, you know, looking at him from, from this side, right? Hearing his story and looking at him from this side, it's like he had no choice but to be good, but to be virtuous, right? But I'm sure it was much more complicated than that, that on his end, it was a choice, right? And that he just was so convinced of the Lord's love and the Lord's goodness that that he knew he had to make that choice. And he did every day, woke up, made that choice. He was such a light to the other children around him in his life. And he was such a witness to them and their lives of holiness that you know, that's why he's a saint. I mean, he's, he's wonderful, but his, his example always comes to mind when it comes to virtue and just doing it because he was so young. I think that's the thing that really stands out to me. And, th and that's the thing that stands out to me about all of the saints who died really young, who we look to as, an, as examples. Um, how could they know so much? How can they be so wise? How can they be so saintly at such a young age and that's simply because they didn't hesitate and they just did it they just were saints they practiced virtue they loved the lord and they were who god created them to be 
And that is all he asks of us. So let that be an encouragement to you that it's not that you have to write dissertations on mercy or <laughs> dissertations on something unless unless you are a scholar and, and that's what God is calling you to. Okay, there's that caveat. But you don't have to change who you are. He wants you to be a saint by who you are. Right? That's that's the whole point of him making us each unique and different. Um, some other saints that you are more familiar with me talking about, <laughs> because I just love them so much, um, who just did it, in my opinion, JP2. I mean, shocker, right? <laughs> but... Seriously, he lived in a time where it would have been so easy, so easy to just say, nope, it's too hard. Nope, I'm not going to continue in seminary. Nope, I'm not going to become a priest and, and have mass underground. Nope, I'm not going to, you know, go out of my way to teach these young people. Nope, I'm not going to do all these things, right? He lived in a time where it would have been so easy to make up so many excuses, but he didn't. He did not. He lived such a hard life in his in his young life that no matter what he ended up doing we could justify it right but he didn't do any of those things he became a saint he became the person who god created him to be he loved the lord he studied theology he studied philosophy he studied God and his goodness and he studied people and he was observant and he was meticulous in his um in his thought and he wrote a lot and he was personable and he was a good teacher and all of these things and all of these areas that again like I said already many times that he could have just not done and he chose to do it anyway, but he chose virtue in all of these, right? And so that it's just incredible. And the testament to all of that is how much he gave the church and gave us and left us with so many good things to think about and ponder. And in addition to his example, um, that's a testament to the way he lived his life right? You, you're not going to write thousands and thousands of pages uh, on teachings of Christ and, and humanity if you don't have the discipline to do that or if you don't have an intentional life where, where you can do that. Like that doesn't just happen by chance. And that's the thing about sanctity and sainthood. It doesn't just happen by chance, right? We have to respond to the Lord's mercy and we have to say, yes, we've screwed up and yes, we've strayed, but I'm changing. I'm repenting and I'm going to do better because that's who you want me to be. And because of your love is transforming me, I'm going to be transformed. I'm going to do the work. And that is how we become saints, right? We're going to do the work. We're, we're going to practice virtue. We're going to do it. You know, are you with me? <laughs> okay. Another saint that you won't be surprised that I'm mentioning here is St. Therese. Again, she had some crazy things happen when she was young. I mean, her mom died when she was four. Like 
there are a lot of things you could say that, yeah, she could have turned out differently, but that's not who she was. And, you know, I always laugh because, um, you know, you hear these stories of her in her younger days that she left to us in her autobiography. Um, and I, I just can't help but laugh because you're like, she was such a child. She just was, you know? Um, and that's why, you know, we call her, um, St. Therese of the child Jesus. She, she just, she reminds you of a child and, um, but, but the long story short of it, long story short is that when she was still young, 14, she knew, she knew she wanted to be a sister in Carmel, a nun in Carmel. And she stopped at nothing. <laughs> she stopped at nothing. She even talked to the Pope. I mean, you don't just talk to the Pope. She even implored the Pope to let her enter early, um, at age 14. Um, it sounds crazy now. It was still crazy then. Um, of course, I mean, she's 14. Um, but she stopped at nothing. She had that perseverance. She knew what God was calling her to, and she persevered. Um, she also just cultivated a lot of virtues. A lot of people were hard for her to, to be around. She cultivated patience and charity and, um, humility. Oh yeah. When you talk about Therese, you can talk about humility. I mean, she is, you know, the saint for that. Um, but all of those go to show of how thoughtful she was in her journey and how thoughtful she was in practicing virtue in her journey. And you can see a really clear, um, how clearly her practicing of virtue impacted her and her life and her journey to sanctity, right? It's clear, very clear with her. Um, so we definitely see her as an example for that. Another example, which you will not be shocked for me to mention, is Blessed Pier Giorgio Frassati. Now, he's super impressive to me in a lot of ways, but especially, you know, I learned about him when I was in college, and he was about that age um, when he was, you know, doing all the things that he was doing that we know about, right? He was... Um, in an example to his friends, he was an outdoorsman. He was, um, all of these things. And we hear about the, these things that he did in, in this period of his life, you know, young adulthood, he died when he was 24. So young adulthood. <laughs> and so as a young adult learning about these things, I found him to be very courageous and very, um, not really caring what other people think, um, when it came to, living a life of virtue. Like he didn't care if people didn't understand or maybe ridiculed him. Although not many people did because what was there to ridicule, right? He was being a good person and people were benefiting from his living a life of virtue. And they saw that and they saw his goodness. Um, and they followed him. I mean, he was so cool. He, you know, I remember hearing stories of him uh, and his friends would be like, hey, come out with us, you know, like come out and party with us. And he would say, well, you know, I will, but you guys have to come to mass with me first. And if that's not a witness, <laughs> I mean, to challenge 
young men to do something they want, right, to give in to them, but to challenge them and being like, well, you know, if you want me there, then you got to do this thing with me um, is a great tactic. First of all, he knew how to reach his, his peers, but um, what a great witness, what a great witness to um, the faith, to being a missionary, having a missionary spirit in just your daily life of understanding like, hey, this is such a good and it is such a good for me to have this faith, but it is also such a good for these other people. And I want to bring them in and God's love is for everyone. And so I want everyone to know about him, right? Um, so again, like the St. Dominic um, example, I, I'm just so impressed by how virtuous he was at such a young age of, you know, just being unashamed to live a life of virtue, not hiding it, not, um, you know, pretending not to be all into that stuff. Um, but, but putting his light on a lamp, on a light stand, right? Like the gospel says, and not hiding it under a bushel basket, right? Just being him and being the person God called him to be. And that took virtue and that took practice, but it also was such a huge example to the people around him. So I could go on and on and on about saints and their examples in this area, but I also wanted to share a little bit of my own story in this. And I've been reflecting on this because I'm a student again. And I had to write a paper on this, <laughs> so it's kind of fresh in my mind. But I was writing this paper, and I, and I don't think I've really shared the the full extent of this story. And so I wanted to share a little bit of it here. And um, this paper, our, our assignment was to write about a time that was really critical in your life that you made a decision that you can kind of see that decision as being super pivotal in your life. They call this a crucible experience, right? Um, and so I wanted to share a little bit of that um, because it's, it, it is why <laughs> I'm doing all of the things I'm doing today. So it's, it's kind of cool um, to see that, to see the growth and to see you know, how it all began and God's hand working in it. Um, so what's up beloved fam. It's me, Laura Jean interrupting this episode to tell you about my flagship program made beloved made beloved is a proximate marriage preparation program that was designed with single individuals and dating couples in mind. When I was getting my master's in marriage and family theology, I was filled with so much gratitude that I got to study those topics as a single woman. I knew that what I was learning was changing my life not only then, but would change everything moving forward. I created this program not as a typical marriage preparation program where you already know who and when you're getting married, but more to answer the big questions of, was I made for this? What are these longings teaching me about the design of God for marriage? Is there really something that can fulfill all of these desires of my heart? And if there is, how do I start building the life that supports these beautiful design of the creator? We go over all of that and more in the 12-week Made Beloved program. 
I only open up registration a couple of times a year. So go to thebelovedcollective.com to learn more and to sign up for our waitlist to be the first to know when registration opens up. Looking for curated, beautiful paper goods and intentional products to simplify your life? Then look no further than the Beloved Co. Shop. Yes, my very own product shop is here. Each product is made with the intention of helping you live well in the present moment. Stationery to help you connect with others, desk pads to help you remember what's really important as we plan out our weeks, and so much more. Intentional Catholic products to help you be a saint now and prepare you well for your future. These also make excellent gifts, so if you are looking for a gift for someone special in your life, check out the Beloved Co. shop on our website, thebelovedcollective.com. That's Beloved spelled B-L-V-E-D. And as always, you can find the link in our show notes. Yeah, I mean, some of you know some of this story. Some of you know that um, I was in grad school abroad in in the wonderful country of Austria, studying marriage and family theology, which is just amazing. And that program was so beautiful. Um, But I also got sick there and I got really sick and I actually had to leave uh, school and return back to the States for treatment. That was not a fun time. Okay. (laughs) It was not fun because first of all, my plans were just kind of dashed at that point. Um, I was brought back into my parents' home, which was wonderful. I'm so grateful for them. Um, but it, it left me with like no hope for the future that I had imagined, right? That was just kind of taken. That vision was kind of taken from me and replaced with nothing for, for a moment, right. (laughs) When I was really sick and I couldn't even, I didn't even have hope to think of the future. Um, literally just putting your foot in front of your other foot and taking every hour (laughs) by every hour just to try to, um, fight the illness and to have something to fight for. Right. Um, and so, um, yeah. Anyway, I thought of this moment, this crucible moment, which we were talking about in the paper, um, came about a year into this whole thing. I had been really sick for a year, but I had only been home for, I don't know, like nine months at that point. Um, really sick on the couch, really can't do anything. Um, but at a certain point, I got to, uh, I got in, through enough treatment where I could sense a glimmer just like a little glimmer of hope taking root inside of me like for the first time in a year I could think of the future again and that was like that that was a catalyst for me like my heart gripped that little piece of hope and just that was my lifeline right (laughs) and the thing about life Okay. The thing about life is you are not aware that you're not really living until what life you have is taken away, right? The possibility of life that you had, when that's taken away, you don't, 
you come to realize you weren't really living, right? I've never been one to waste time, right? I'm a go-getter. I'm a self-starter. I see a task that needs to be done and I'm like, let's do it right away. Like, why wait? So the experience of becoming so sick where I legitimately could not get up and do was so shocking for me um, and, and kind of rocked me to the core because it's like, who, who am I anymore? Right. Um, so when that little bit of hope crept back in, it was like, I could breathe again. And it was, it was the coolest thing. I mean, I just held on to that hope with everything that I was. Um, and so this moment that kind of changed everything was, came at that time, right? I started having this glimmer of hope, I've always wanted to help people. I've known that for forever. (laughs) You know, people ask you when you're little, what do you want to be when you grow up? I came up with a million different answers, but it was always in relation to someone else. Like I want to help people. And in college and in graduate school, this, this became a little bit clearer to me that I wanted to help people by inviting them into the life-giving truth that the Lord has to give them right? Like this was what was really important. I still don't know how, and I, I still didn't know how, and that how was what I had to decide and what this moment was for me. Um, so let me paint you a picture here. It was April of 2020, right? The world had shut down and everyone was at home and a lot of in-person activities, work and school had just went online. Now, it's crazy for us to think back to this moment because now we're like, duh, everything's online. But like before that, I mean, just imagine, remember what it was like before then. It wasn't like how it is today. And so this was an immediate blessing for me because people were starting to experience what I've been living for months, right? And so all these new resources becoming available online, I was like, amazing. It's about time. Like, come on. (laughs) There are other people who live like this all the time. Right. Um, and so that was really cool, but it was also really cool in another way. And that way is because it opened my eyes to a way that I could help people. And here's the kicker without leaving my home, (laughs) without leaving my doctors and while still doing my treatment. Okay. And I know you may be thinking like, come on, that's been around forever. But seriously, this was revolutionary for me because I realized that I could help. I could do, I could have a life without being who I was before I got sick, which was a revolutionary thought because, you know, when you get sick, you're like, I just want to get better. I just want to be like how I was before. But this type of illness, that's not ever the answer. <laughs> you're, you don't have a, a, a before, a during, and then you're back to before. It's like a before, during, maybe an after. <laughs> but like, it's a constant thing, right? Um, so it was revolutionary for me to understand that I could help where I was at. And that was like balm to my soul because I knew I wasn't just, you know, I didn't just have to give up on this dream of helping people. So this realization lit a fire under me and I started to research different people who 
did the type of thing that I was like super excited to do and who I admired in that space already. And the idea for my business came to me fairly quickly because I had been preparing for it for many years, but without knowing exactly how it would take shape, right? (laughs) With all the studies I've been doing and all of the the ministries that I was um, part of growing up and in my young adult years, it all prepared me for this, but I didn't no, like I didn't have the forethought of what this would be at that time. So it was kind of this cool thing. Um, so I reached out to someone who I admired in the space that I was like trying to get into. Um, and I asked her if she would mentor me uh, through this big decision. And she agreed. And we we worked together with her encouragement and her guidance. Like I said, <laughs> I take action kind of quickly. It helped me to take action. And I formed my business in May of 2020. So had these thoughts in April and in May, I filed for my LLC, which is, I mean, in, yeah, in May, kind of crazy that this came together so quickly and thinking back, I'm like, how, like seeing where I'm at now (laughs) and seeing back to where I was then, like how, how did I have the strength or the, just how did I do that? And it, and it wasn't me. It was just all the Lord's grace. And I am so grateful for him and grateful for the mission that he's given me. Um, this moment that, you know, I was reflecting on for this paper, that moment that I just described was really cool because I can clearly see a before and an after, right? It gave me back my life in a lot of ways. That hope was something that I was missing um, it was something that I chose to do and that I continue to choose every day. Um, because when I'm, because when I'm like flourishing, I can point back to that and be like, that's part of why I'm flourishing is because I have this why and I have this way that I can give back. Right. Um, so that was, that was really cool. And, and it's not that I'm, you know, magically better or in a completely different place than when I started. I still struggle with this illness every dang day. Let me tell you, it is not fun. Um, And I am in no way a perfect teacher or helper or form eater, but, but I'm answering the call. And that's truly what I believe is what God is calling me to do is simply to answer his call. So I am here doing what I do each day because of the conviction that God has placed on my heart and the mission that he has given me. I am, I'm simply a wounded healer as someone who we were studying talked about. Um, I'm on a mission to serve and I'm on a mission mission to be whole myself. And that's a a lifelong journey. And so I'm not going to wait until that journey is complete before I reach my hand out and say, I can help you too. Right? I'm not saying that I have it all together. I'm not saying that I'm great at virtue, but I'm saying that the wh- how God has called me is to be who I am. And that is an imperfect person who's striving, right? And I, and I hope that, that that helps you where you're at to encourage you to be Like, I don't have it all figured out either, but what better time is it to embrace virtue and to just go for it, you know, to just do.
do it, to be quiet so that you can hear where the Lord is calling you and to just do it, to give him your heart with reckless abandon. Because honestly, let me tell you, it is the best decision you can ever make with your life. And don't think that you're too far gone or you're, it's too late to do that. It's never too late. He calls you every day. He's always waiting for you. He always has a plan. He's the best. He's a good father. So many things I could say, (laughs) but truly just do it. When it comes to virtue, just do it. When it comes to your call, just do it. Thanks for tuning into the Dear Beloved podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or many on social media and leave a rating and review. And don't forget to follow along at the Beloved Collective on Instagram and YouTube. That's Beloved spelled B-L-V-E-D. 